Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into Ireland sport. Coming up, we'll talk hockey as Guernsey's men gear up for their National Cup semi-final with a new look domestic competition. We'll also look back at Sunday's Shaw Guernsey Marathon, reaction from men's winner Rick Weston and our own Jamie Ingrill on the way. And we'll touch on what's going on over a very busy Easter weekend. I'm Tony Kerr and alongside me as ever is Gareth Prevo. Hi, Tony. Uh, great to see you, Gareth. Bit of sunshine this week. And um, yeah, we were able to um, uh, take the podcast on the road. We recorded uh, a chat with a couple of um, Guernsey Cricket's new selection panel. Um, so you can look out for that in the next couple of weeks here on the uh, Guernsey Press Sport podcast. But yeah, Summer's nice to, on the way. Eh? Nice to be down at the KG5 and see some green grass and blue sky. It was. It's just just sort of getting ready now for the full-on cricket season. Hopefully that won't fly by as it seems to. But yeah, it's uh, it's looking a, a, a real picture down there. And um, to be fair, considering they've had uh, football on there all, all winter, it, it looks like it's pretty much ready to host a cricket game tomorrow. So we'll be uh, looking forward to a good season. Yeah, it looked in good shape, as did the Legends Terrace. So uh, that's all good. Um, of course, this time of year business end of the winter seasons as we uh, kind of already cast an eye over the summer um, and it was a really busy weekend down at the hockey club in fact it's a, a, it's a bumper end of the season for, for Guernsey's men in particular isn't it because as I said in the intro they've got a cup semi-final away at Tunbridge Wells um, next weekend on the 15th of April um, and they've just had a, a sort of taste of a, a new style of competition for Guernsey uh, a Guernsey Premier League and you were down there Gareth Yeah it's um, it was the brainchild of uh, Ireland coach Andy Good but it's um, just the idea was to sort of take the place of the men's cup and almost like re-establish a, a sort of Easter festival sort of feel to, to it but um, it was um, done between basically pretty much all the island um, men's division one players were put into a pot and then four sides were drafted out basically by almost like a wheel of fortune sort of system where sort of like they were allocated sort of one of the four colours and they get put into that team I mean I think it was um, deliberately done so they were done with like pots of defenders and midfielders and attackers so it wasn't all sort of all defenders in one group or anything like that but um, it seemed to work out really well they, they were sort of four evenly matched squads and um, the competition was held over the Friday evening and then pretty much throughout the whole day Saturday um, all games were played to the sort of like the more uh, international format now of 60 minutes and um, four quarters of 15 um, and it, it worked really well it was very competitive and the matches were all all pretty close as well and uh just as they would have wanted. It almost came down to the last game, even though the round-robin fixtures were done long in advance. It came down to pretty much a winner-takes-all in the last game. And, um, yeah, the Eastern Eagles side uh, came out trumps. They ended up winning all three of their games, but it was actually um, perhaps a lot closer than the, the final table suggested, really. Yeah, when you looked at those initial squads, was there a clear favourite and was it them who took the trophy? Um, I, I, when I first looked at it, I wouldn't have said the, the Eagles had, like, the strongest side... But they, they came up with a good system and they also sort of like had players playing perhaps a bit out of position. Some of their what uh, their island players, um, certainly Sean Donaldson and Zach Damrell, when I was watching them in that final game against the, the Northern Nomads, they were playing much more reserved roles than normal. Sean Donaldson was actually playing sort of centre-back. and uh, But they, they worked out a system really well. Kevin Smith is, was their coach uh, for the weekend and uh, yeah, it, worked, it worked well for them and obviously it came very successful. But I think all the sides um, enjoyed the tournament and uh, they they enjoyed the freshness of playing with new players without having to you know without having to choose almost you know when when it comes to club 
hockey, you sort of like you, you make an allegiance to a side, and that in hockey terms, it almost lasts a lifetime. You know, you don't get too much switching around between um, between clubs, and uh, it was just it was nice to see. Um, different combinations come together and also just the competitive aspect of it. I mean, nobody, you know, sorry, everyone wanted the bragging rights come the end of it. So um, it was it was just really competitive and it just um, the impression you got sort of even just during the whole competition was that this is the first of what should actually be many, whether it, uh, it continues at that stage of the season, they might play it earlier to sort of help in the build-up to interinsulars and stuff like that. But um, I think it was, a, it was a great success on the weekend. Yeah, good stuff. You mentioned Kevin Smith there, the winning coach. Let's see what he had to say to you on the day. Well, congratulations. Um, what do you reckon was the key to your success over the weekend? Um, well, we had a good team spirit right from the start. We, we tried a new formation, uh, three at the back with two screens in front, so a platform, and then for our attacking players, which allowed our attacking players to score goals. So um, we used that all, all the way through and it, and it, and it worked. Do you find sort of like the team gelled as the games went on? I mean, you played three times, but it seemed to get better as it went on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, first game, first half of the first game last night, it was just getting used yeah. to each other. Um, and then sort of we've improved as it went on and everyone's known, worked out how each other's played and yeah, good good team spirit. So, And do you think the sort of tournament as a whole has had the desired effect of what Goody sort of was trying to achieve, like refreshing Guernsey hockey and also just giving that competitive element to it as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's been a, a brilliant tournament, really well organised. And I think it's it's great that different players have had the chance to play with other other players um, and different styles of hockey. So I think it, just telling by the people watching that last game there, there's a lot of people watching, there's a lot of interest in it. Yeah, and the players are talking about next year, how we can go bigger and better. So I think it's been a great, great success. Yeah. And thanks thanks to those who organised, basically. <laughs> and just sort of finally, I mean, you're obviously involved in the Ireland squad, as a lot of the players are, obviously. With the fact that you've got a semi-final coming up to have this tournament now, has that sort of helped keep the competitive juices flowing as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's great to have sort of some competitive hockey at the end of the season, and with the and with the semi final in sight, and hopefully a final after that. Yeah, exactly. It keeps our players on their toes and and keeps them going. So, brilliant, for, brilliant for those guys. Yeah. Kevin Smith speaking to you there, Gareth. Uh, as you say, yeah, perhaps something that's going to become a fixture in the uh, the hockey diary, and yeah, I guess it can only be good for for combos. Yeah, as you say, you know, club sides kind of. I suppose get set in their ways, and then when you come together as, as an island side, um, you know you've got to play with different players in, in, in different combinations. So just having more of that can only be a good thing. Yeah, that's right. And um, I think certainly the league can become um, perhaps dominated by a couple of sides. Even by Christmas, you know who's going to be in line for the title, and obviously there's no sort of relegation from from the um, top division. So giving Ireland players this chance to go into a different competition and uh, stay competitive, especially ahead of um, things like the Interinsular or as they've got coming up the, the semi-final of the, the Tier 2 Championship, it can only be a good thing. Yeah, we'll have more build-up to that to come next week, I'm sure. Um, quick word about um, the women's side of things, because they did have a cup competition this season in a sort of traditional format, and um, yeah, double for Indies. Yeah, Indies um, ended up uh, claiming the domestic double, and congratulations to them. They beat uh, Puppins 3-1 in the, in the cup final. It was uh, typically a, a very tight, hard-fought game. Um, actually, looking at the sides, I'd almost argue that Puffins might be sort of slightly stronger on on the day. They managed to get pretty much their full side out, um, but it all came down to taking chances. And I think Puffins fell foul to what the Ireland side did uh, sort of a couple of weeks ago um, in their uh, English knockout. They just weren't able to convert some of their chances which they created. Whereas um, Indies are a very clinical side and. Um, 
they they you could tell sort of ever since sort of like the change the turn of the year they've been really really determined to sort of end the season on a high um they ended up winning the league um very impressively over sort of from january onwards they were they were almost unstoppable and they just carried that momentum into the cup final and um no surprise to see tash syme seeing uh, scoring a couple of goals and uh taya shepherd sort of finished off with the third which was a really well taken goal um, and yeah, so congratulations to them and they'll have a, an Upton to look forward to whenever that's arranged for. Yeah, fantastic. Congratulations to them. Um, right, that's it for part one. Coming up next, we'll look back at Sunday's short marathon. Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Sport podcast. Um, if you're not already, give us a follow on social media at GSY Press Sport. It's a place to go and make sure to hit follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcast to get every episode of this delivered straight to you. Um, right, JB's not with us today. Um, he's out of the office, probably resting up his legs, I should think, uh, after his exploits on Sunday. Um, fair to say it didn't quite go to plan for him uh, in the Shaw Guernsey Marathon. He went in with uh, real optimism, I think, of making the podium. Gareth, you saw him, uh, I think, about halfway uh, or just before halfway when he rounded yeah, Grand uh, Rock. Well, yeah, was I, was, I was at like, the Grand, Grand Rock uh, Water Station, which I think is about 14 miles in around that sort of um, time. And he was actually third at the time, and I thought he was looking really strong. And then um, so I found out later that he was un- unfortunately unable to finish. And when I quizzed him and <laughs> he got in the uh, office this week, um, he was quite blunt and said, yeah, just after I saw you, unfortunately, <laughs> I-, I needed to throw up. So um, he then, uh, yeah, he-, he sort of went downhill after that. But uh, yeah, I-, I felt sorry for Jamie. He's put a lot into into being prepared for the marathon, but I'm, I'm sure another chance will come along soon enough where he can um, aim for a PB again. Yeah, definitely. And I guess knowing that you'd be waiting at Grand Rock, he didn't want to pull out before then. No, no. Uh, if he was starting to think about it, definitely wouldn't have wanted to do it in sight of you. Yeah, he definitely clocked me, I think. I had my camera <laughs> out to make sure I had a couple of pictures of him. And then, um, yeah, he, he was still going pretty strong as he went out of sight, sort of around the bend towards Port Swathway. But I think that was when um, he had a few stomach issues start creeping in. And yeah, by the time he got to about 20, 21 miles, he, he, he realised he didn't have any fuel left to, to keep going. But well, um, there we go. Yeah, well, as I say, he's um, taking a, a well-earned day off today. Um, but I pulled him into the studio yesterday um, for a quick chat about the marathon his efforts um the two winners in the end rick weston who we spoke to on last week's pod and rosie williams on the women's side um two very worthy winners and we also had a quick look ahead as well to what's coming up this weekend on the athletic front with um, a busy uh, festival schedule in athletics in cycling and the badminton tournament as well that's uh, going to be taking place across the weekend Jamie, as uh, everyone listening will know, I'm sure you were on the start line for the Guernsey Marathon this year, but sadly didn't reach the finish. Um, just talk us through what happened. Uh, well, the thing with marathons is that you put a lot of eggs in one basket and when it pays off, it can be really rewarding, but you can't. it can't be your day all the time. And so I woke up, felt a little bit nauseous. I gave it a go. Was sick everywhere at 15 miles. I managed to make it to nearly 22 miles, but by then I was completely depleted. Oh, well, some effort to get round to that point, having, uh, yeah, as you say, experienced some difficulty um, uh, a bit earlier on. What was the sort of mindset like? What was your, what was your kind of going on in your head as you, as you sort of ticked through like 19, 20, 21 and then, and then made that decision? Oh, gosh. Well, it's, oh, gosh. Um, the thing about like the fuel depletion you face in marathons is that not only are your muscles running out of energy, your brain is also sort of running out of energy. And I find it is really hard to motivate yourself. And I think like on a good day, you can push for it. But if you're not having such a good day, you know, like you're not on for personal best time. You won't get a podium. And at that point, like it's almost game over already. Yeah. But um, 
obviously that's a bit of a disappointing end but i have to say the support on the course was amazing and yeah for what it's worth i got a really solid 20 or so mile training run out of it so <laughs> yeah and thankfully having dropped out a bit earlier i'm now a little bit fresher than i would have been had i done full distance so i'm back running already which is quite nice oh it's good to hear and i'm sure <laughs> eyeing up another marathon at some point already oh. <laughs> So yeah, you didn't make it quite to the finish. Um, one man who did in pretty quick time was Rick Weston, first across the line, um, topping the men's podium. We obviously heard from him uh, in the build-up. Uh, his time in the end, just 35 seconds outside the course record. Um, here's what he told me um, just after he lifted the tape. Just sum up your feelings there. First Games Marathon, first win. Yeah, very pleased. Yeah, pretty much yeah, stuck to the game plan. Um, took it easy up the first hill and then just relaxed into her pace, really. And uh, took the lead about halfway from um, from Desi I think he dropped out not long after but took the lead at halfway and yeah just felt really good the whole way around actually quite enjoyed it yeah and just outside the course record I mean these conditions would that have been tough to get to uh I don't know what the conditions were when he set the course record because it's always windy so I don't think I can blame that I think it's uh I'm really pleased with my time you know it's a tough course so uh, I'm, de I'm delighted with it course record or not so happy with that yeah and obviously you've done a few marathons before um what was the sense of the sort of the buzz and the camaraderie on the start line did it feel like a good event today yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, it's um, it's got a good sort of uh, local low key feel to it, which I really like. Uh, lots of people out on the course, um, different to a big city marathon, but quite nice because you can actually pick out individual shouts. It's not just a, a wall of noise. So it was quite nice to be able to look people in the eye and say thanks as you went past them. Yeah, did you have plenty of support out there? Yeah, loads. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, um, I think probably the uh, the build up maybe helped, but uh, yeah, really good support from people. So it's fantastic. Fantastic. We'll let you go and recover. Thank you very much. Thank you. Rick Weston there. Um, Rosie Williams um, was the women's winner on the day, um, battling through her own issues um, around the course as well. Um, I think there were, there were times when it was more difficult for her, but um, she crossed the line and had a smile on her face afterwards. Um, Jamie, just talk us through um, those two runs from Rick and Rosie, because, um, yeah, two worthy local winners. I think Rick was spectacular, to be honest. Like, okay, so it's not really a fast course. The conditions were not in his favour. Like, effectively, he had to tackle most of the West Coast alone into a 15-mile-per-hour headwind. And that is a bit of a drag because that's about... That's pretty much 10 miles straight with a load of added resistance. So to tackle Raldeters, to tackle that tough coastal section, running most of it on your own, come out with a personal best... And look amazingly fresh at the finish. I know he's been t speaking about doing the Easter festival and going for fast times there. So it's pretty impressive he can do that and stay that fresh. Yes. It just shows he's in terrific shape at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, you know, to, to get a personal best, um, you know, we spoke to him ahead of the game and, mm. you know, it was his eighth marathon uh, a few years after his last one. So to, so to come into it and take a personal best, I'm sure is, is hugely satisfying. Um, what about Rosie as well? She was somewhere clear to take the women's victory. Yeah, so, I, oh gosh, um, she didn't have a perfect race. I'm sure she'll admit that. She was stopping several times to be sick. But um, again, it shows what sort of shape she's in. And I think it's fantastic that she's managed to come back to where she is, given the circumstances of 18 months ago, where she's, she nearly lost her leg in a swimming accident. So, yeah, I know this race means a lot to her. And it's it's obviously amazing to see her not only complete it, which was a bit of a challenge in itself, but also to come out on top. Well, congratulations to everyone involved in the event. Uh, Jamie, overall, what's your sense of how it's developing as a, uh, I suppose, a marquee event in the calendar for mm. Guernsey? I think the atmosphere and everything for what it is, is terrific. Like, uh, you've got the marathon, which 
it can be a bit of a niche pursuit and it won't be a massive field. But the runners that are taking part will get loads of support on course. And But then you've also got their relays, their mile, just everything comes together and makes it a fantastic occasion. Good stuff. I'm sure there'll be a few people uh, yeah, thinking about next year already. Um, we mentioned speaking to Rick in the build-up. Uh, he had kind of one eye on Island Games selection in the half marathon. That team has now been announced um, without a minute, but um, a strong team um, nonetheless. Um, just talk us through that selection because we've got three men, three women who are going to be on the start line for the half marathon in town on that uh, fantastic Friday, I think they're calling it, in the Island Games. <laughs> well, I think the fact that you've got athletes of Rick's calibre who aren't making the cut sort of testifies to the quality we've got in that squad. Uh, both from a men's and a women's end. So um, speaking about the women's team first, because I'd say that's probably the genuine, genuinely the strongest women's half marathon team we've had. Um, so it's Sarah Rowe, Nat Whitty and Ulrika Mesh. Yeah, within those three, uh, yeah, within, within that trio of runners, we've got so much experience, but also a lot of ability. Um, Sarah and Nat have taken to a half marathon fairly recently, but they're already putting out some of the best performances of any Guernsey athletes ever. So that's really encouraging. And then we've got Ulrika, who's, I mean, she's a 2006 European marathon champion, and she's still she's still performing to a great level and obviously she's a really seasoned athlete and you can count on her for another good performance yeah and on the men's side steve Dawes, james priest and sammy galpin i think steve's uh longevity at island games level is also a great story because he was uh competing at guernsey 2003 so it's nice to see him competing again 20 years later sort of bringing it full circle but again he's another individual podium prospect and Sammy Galpin, it's fantastic to see him get selected as the youngster of a squad, but I'd say he's also got a lot of potential. And then James Priest, he's always someone you can depend on to put in a solid performance. Yeah, well, they're going to get a lot of support, aren't they, um, come Games Week, and I'm sure um, are going to be putting in a fair bit of trading between now and then as well to get ready. Um, Jamie, while we got you, uh, just a quick word on what's happening this weekend, because it's pretty busy, isn't it? We've got the Easter Running Festival, um, we've got the Velo Club's uh, Easter Festival, and a lot of badminton to look forward mm. to as well. Um, let's just start with the, the athletics uh, as we're on that subject. Um, talk us through the weekend, the schedule, and, and who to look out for. Okay, right. So Easter Festival, it's it's format as is as you would normally have. It starts with a road five k on Good Friday. Then you've got like uh, then you've got a cross country on Saturday, uh, cross country relays on Sunday. Last but not least, a uh, nice flat and fast uh, road ten k on the Easter Monday. Yeah, good stuff. And in terms of returning athletes, um, there's one name that uh, kind of leaps off the page. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> I think those are fortunate enough to remember past events. We've actually had uh, Steph Twell coming over and competing. Um, at the time, she was a one-time Olympian. She's now she's now coming back as a three-time Olympian. Um, but yeah, she's one of Great Britain's greatest uh, female distance runners of all time. Uh, obviously, that'll be a fa fantastic boost to the field, having someone of that calibre competing. But not only that... Um, She's not a runaway winner on paper. We've got L21, who was also in excellent form last year. At, she was the overall woman's winner. She's making her return. So it should be an interesting duel between those two. And then I think, yeah, speaking about their men's field, there's not really a standout name from what I've heard. It's just a, quite a few runners are sort of around that Island Games level, just looking to improve, looking to prove themselves in those last few weeks of selection, which will always be quite exciting. 
good stuff. And while that's all going on, um, we've got the Velo Club's Easter Festival as well. Um, one eye on Island Games for a lot of those riders too, Jamie. Again, we've got the hype building up for the Guernsey 2023 uh, Home Island Games. And we've got a few riders who aren't yet in the squad and would like to be in that squad. Um, so we've already had a few pre-selections for cycling. But you've got a few... You've got some very high quality riders who haven't yet made the cut. So I think this could potentially be a deciding factor as to who makes the road team. So it will be some good nature's competition between those guys. Yeah, that's one way to put it. <laughs> Exciting <laughs> weekend of competitive racing, I'm sure. And let's just finish on badminton because I think you're going to be popping down there at some point. Um, again, another impressive visiting name mm. uh, is going to be contesting there at Easter Festival. Well, it, yeah, okay. In general, it's quite an impressive uh, turnout from, vis- from the visitors. We've got 40 people traveling over from the UK, Jersey, etc. to compete. But I think the standout really has to be uh, Georgina Bland, who's the English national champion. And she's competing in Guernsey for the first time. So again, it's someone who will really help lift the quality of the event and hopefully make for some exciting badminton. Yeah, good stuff. Well, you can read um, more about that in the pages of the Guernsey Press ahead of the weekend, over the weekend and next week as well. And reports, I'm sure, on all of those to come. Um, Cheers, Jamie. Enjoy your weekend and we'll see you on the other side. (laughs) Thank you. Right, that's where Jamie's going to be this weekend. He's got quite a lot on his uh, plate. It's a very busy one. Um, Gareth, what else are you keeping an eye on? Um, well, I'll be at Foots Lane on Saturday afternoon when Guernsey FC hosts the league leaders in um, Isthmian South Central, Walton and Hersham, who are going for, I think, a, a 15th win on the trot. So they're obviously in very good form. But uh, I think that, that could be a, that's got potential of being a real cracking game. And hopefully there's a good crowd down there. Certainly the weather's set fair, I think. So that'll be... Uh, a good one to, to go and watch. And then, um, yeah, I've got a busy Saturday as well because sort of after that, I'll be off to um, the Gremlin Club for the Island Snooker final. Uh, the men's is in the evening at seven o'clock and we've got a, a first-time finalist in Roster Cartra who a lot of um, footballers will know because he's, he's a local referee as well. But um, he he overcame Miles Plumley in the semi-finals on Tuesday night and he'll be up against, um, I think, a six-time former winner, Adam Shorto, who's... Um, who reached the final for the umpteenth time by overcoming John Skillett in his semi-final. So um, you'd have to suggest that Adam will be would start as favourite for that. But yeah, well done to Ross for getting there. And uh, I'm sure you'll see this as a bit of a nothing-to-lose situation. So it should be a, a good match. Good stuff, yeah. And a busy week um, next week as well after the bank holiday weekend. Um, we'll be back with another football podcast a um, bit later than usual next week on Wednesday, um, taking in the Rovers-Rangers game which happens on Tuesday night when Rovers can seal the league title. Um, also looking ahead to uh, a Friday night game for Guernsey Raiders um, and the rest of the week's sport. Um, thanks very much, Gareth. Of course, you can read uh, more about all of the local sports um, that you need to know about in the pages of the Guernsey Press six days a week. So do pick up a paper. Um, in the meantime, have a good one. And we'll see you next time. Cheers, Tony. <laughs>